Welcome to the latest instalment of Manchester City's official podcast. I'm your host, Rob Pollard, and it's another very special episode today because I'm in conversation with Sean Wright Phillips. We discuss Sean's two stints at City, and I get his detailed thoughts on what he thinks of the current side that Pep Guardiola has constructed. We started by talking about the significant impact Sean had on the lives of City fans, something we felt firsthand last season when we released the Sean Wright Phillips documentary on City Plus. That got a really emotive response from everybody who watched it. So here it is, a recent conversation between Sean Wright Phillips and myself at Mottram Hall. I've always looked at it since I was maybe 17, um, it's my other family. It's always been my second home and nothing like that will change. So me going back to Man, Man City is almost like me going to see my family I haven't seen for a while sort of thing. And that's just the way I've always looked at it. I never read too much into it. It's just always been a family connection with City from the very start. What was the kind of crucial opportunity you were given at City that, that really kind of kicked you on? Because I remember you playing, if my memory's correct, you played wing-back um, yeah. For Joe Royal for a while, didn't you? Was, was no, it Kevin Keegan. Kevin, well, Ke- Kevin, Kevin Keegan, Keegan yeah. yeah. So was, was there any? Was there a particular moment where you thought to yourself, "I can make, I can make a career here"? No, I just don't give up. To be honest with you, like, it's, football is is always full of ups and downs. And I think at the time that came when Joe Royal gave me an opportunity, I just tried to grab it with both hands and do the best I can. And then obviously when Kevin Keegan come in, he changed the system, and I was apparently a bit too small for the way he wanted me to play. And then I think the fans were on him to play me and the press were talking about it. And then when I got the chance, I just said to myself, i just got to do what I've been doing all the time and just enjoy it. And I've always found that if I've enjoyed the whole week or enjoyed playing at that time, I've always played the best. If I was moody, which is very rarely about something, it kind of went the other way. Yeah. What was it like working with Kevin Keegan? It was um, it was fun, because if you remember, he all of his teams. It was hardly ever about defending, was it? <laughs> no. some, some of the games at City were just it was just end to end all the time, and for, for an attacker, it's amazing to be honest with you. So I really enjoyed it. You talk about the attacking side. I mean, that's probably best exemplified by the fact that he played Berkovic and Bernabia in the same team. I'm not sure there are many managers who would play two number tens. Which of those two players do you think? was the most talented or, or the best? They were both different. Um, even though they're number 10s, they were both very like different number 10s. Al Berkovic was the best I've seen, I think, even to this day, at one-touch football. You can give him the ball anywhere, and in one touch, he can give it to you where exactly you want it, where I think Bernabia was more of a dribbler. Like, he was more along the George Conclatsi line, so I always found them very different. But ability-wise, they're both like un- unreal, to be honest with you. Talk about Berkovic's one touch. Do you think he's an underrated player, Berkovic? Yeah, I think if he played in this day and age, especially in the City team now, I think people would have seen his capabilities. Yeah. And I know you've spoken about this a lot, but when you left City, uh, you didn't want to go. Um, how painful an experience was that for you? It was tough. I think I was quite young and naive in a, way, in a sense to think that you can just stay at one club for, for all your life, basically. And... And that's when I signed, that was just my intention. I just said, I'm just going to play well just so I can just be here my whole life. And um, when it came up, on the way down, I actually just cried pretty much all the way <laughs> until Dad and my mum had to say to me that it'll be fine, don't worry, sort of thing. 
because I just never saw it coming. On your way down, when, you, when you're in tears, are you not excited in any way? Because Chelsea at that time were obviously the most upwardly mobile club in the country and they were buying some of the best players. I wouldn't say the tears were necessarily for the fact going to Chelsea. It was more, I'm leaving my family sort of thing. So when I, when I, when I knew there was no way back or to, to change what's happening, I just said, OK, it is what it is and I've just got to get on with it. Did you notice the level at Chelsea, was it a big jump up? Because of, I mean, it was a you know, it was a galaxy of world class players there, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was in in general. It was a massive jump. Like you knew what you was getting into when you got players like Joe Cole and Frank Lampard and Didier Drogba in the team, and they're all playing so well. And I knew I was up for a challenge. And the the massive difference I found is that at City, when I played, whenever we broke, I got the ball. Whereas at Chelsea, it, it wasn't necessarily like that because everybody could do what you could do or sometimes, if not, a lot better than what you could do. And it was just a matter of being patient. And I found once I, I figured that out, then I began to play better. And I wasn't trying to do too much every time I got the ball because I never had the ball a lot. Do you think that gave you a different perspective on football and maybe added added to your game a little bit? Because you, at City, your first time around, you played a lot on instincts, it felt. You know, a young player with you just know knew no bounds kind of thing. Whereas you go to Chelsea, you've got to be a bit more maybe tactical and a bit more thoughtful in the way that you play the game. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, y- your football will always change because especially under different managers, they want you to play different ways. And in a way, I would say he, he made my game a lot more mature for me in person. Um, I became more cleverer, getting in spaces in the middle to a point. And when Avram Grant came in, I was playing in Lamps's position when he was injured. So, and then I don't think I would have been able to play that position before I went to Chelsea because at City, what I did is, in a way, entertain the crowd. As soon as I got the ball, I just took people on and created chances. Where at Chelsea, I learned to defend inside and play from the inside outside rather than the outside inside. So it, it was a lot to learn at the start, but once you, once you pick it up, it, it was definitely handy for me. What's your favourite City moment? Because obviously, the one that the fans always talk about is the goal against United, where you smacked it in the top corner. Um, um, but for you, what was it? My first ever game at Port Vale, where I tried to claim the goal that they gave an own goal. Um, I came on as a sub. I went My first tackle I went into, my shorts ripped down the back. And then I, because they didn't have many kits back then, none of the kits fit me. You were like, quite so, big in yeah, those days. Yeah, so I had short sleeve on, which looked like long sleeve <laughs> at the time. Yeah. So just little things like that was that was like an important time for me in my city career. And then obviously coming back, that must have been a wonderful opportunity for you to to sort of revisit that chapter of your life and, and come back to City. Well, I always said I was going to come back. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be in in within four years sort of thing. And um, there was. I think at the time Spurs came in for me, then he said City's interested. I was like, all right, cool. I'll just go see. He said, don't you want to think about it? I said, no, I've got nothing to think about. I said, I might not get a chance if I don't take this chance now. And I just signed and it was great. I, I thought Mark Hughes was a magnificent manager, especially at City at the time. Because everyone that seemed to came to City, especially like Arsenal back then, were, we was actually beating them no matter who they played was just taking them off the park with like likes of Rubinho and Lano and Stevie Island and Mika. When we had the chances, especially the way we played on counter-attack under him, we, we just went for it every time. How good was Stephen Island, particularly he had one year in particular where he was outstanding, but do you think he, he's, a, he's a player who's kind of not perhaps fulfilled, 
fulfilled how good he was, is he? Because he, he, he did have a lot of talent, didn't he? I Steve think one hundred percent. He was one of the best players when I went back to play with. We just had an instant connection. We just understood each other in the way we played and the way we wanted to play. And the, the chemistry was really, really good between us. And for me, he definitely underachieved in with his ability from what I saw. I mean, Jack Grealish even mentioned him in when Grealish did his uh, press conference because he remembers him from Villa and, and, and said how good he was in, in training. Is that your memory of him? That A, he worked seriously hard, he was incredibly fit, but he was also like very talented one one and two touch footballer wasn't he Stephen Island he was such a creative player he, he he knew the weights on the part the waiting on the pass to give people so if you was crossing or shooting you can take it first time if you want or you could take that extra touch he, he was he always fought ahead of the game rather than at the game speed and like you said for me he he did I wouldn't say he let himself down in respect but he should have got a lot further and done a lot more so in that four years that you were away from City what was the jump, you know, from from the squad and, and the level and the training sessions that you left? Come back four years later, how would you exemplify that jump? Is it was it huge? I wouldn't say it was necessarily huge because the players that were there before were fantastic players as well. I would just say it. The players had evolved with the Premier League, so the Premier League, in a way, we was very direct. We didn't really keep the ball a lot before. We just won the ball back and just attacked. Whereas when I went back, we pretty much did both. If we wanted to keep the ball, we could. If we didn't want it, we could plan a counter-attack. So we just evolved with the game. And that was nice to see. And as you can see now, it's just evolved even more. Now nobody can get the ball from City. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's great to see. Yeah, I was going to come on to the, the kind of current City team. Uh, obviously, Pep has done amazing things in, in, in the five five years he's been there. Um, is this the best team, do you think, that the Premier League has ever seen? Because we had the two years, we got 198 points over, over two seasons. We won all four trophies one year, but it still seemed the media were reluctant maybe to compare us to Arsenal United teams of the past. Where do you stand on that? I think people would tell you themselves, especially the ex-pros, like it's the best team to watch in the Premier League I've ever seen since, for me, the Premier League's been been around. That's my personal opinion. Um, it was lovely to see the Invincibles, but even then, the Invincibles that they, they were deadly on the attack. They didn't necessarily control the game. It's just that if you gave them a chance, it ended up in the back of the net. No matter how it got there, it just always went in. Whereas City have been playing like this for what five, six years and just dominating games with possession. And the, the, to watch the football as an as an ex player, it's, it's delightful. Like. Most of the players that ex-players that watch City ain't even City fans. They just like watching them because of the way we play, and that, that's a sign of how far City have actually come. Yeah, and obviously central to that is uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Do you think he is the best in the Premier League? Do you think anybody is, has has got that level of quality that he he's got at the moment? For me, he's the best. I think it's it's one of those things where people say it's an opinion. Some people might say Bruno Fernandes. Whereas I prefer Kevin, he do, he doesn't really care too much about free kicks or penalties. All he's interested in is playing, putting on a blue shirt and playing well. And the, the the chances he creates from the positions he creates, and sometimes I just look and I was like, how the, how did you even see that? I can see that because I'm watching it on TV. Like how how have you seen that so early? And the, the the quality that that he brings into the game is frightening for me. Do you think that's his main thing? Because we interview him after games, 
and he can give you um, an analysis of a game as if he's been in the studio looking at it from from down, but he's been playing actually in the game. That ability to see the football pitch, do you think that that's that's his that's his special element that he's got to his game? Yeah, he he sees the picture before it arrives, and I think the players that he's playing with, especially Raheem, um, understand that. Like he can get the ball, turn, whip it in the box. Raheem's just knows it's coming. Do you know what I mean? Because they've created an understanding, and I think if you can get as a player, if you're playing with Kevin De Bruyne and you can get on his level as thinking, you're always going to have success. And what about the England setup at the moment? City have got, you know, a big portion of of players there. Um, that's exciting for for City as well, isn't it? To to have to have such an impact on on what the national team are doing. The national team are doing such great things at the moment as well. Um, it's fantastic because it also shows that City have a lot of English players in their team, which a lot of top teams don't well never used to normally have. It used to be more foreigners than English. So to see it be a lot of English players and playing well for club and country is shows you that there's a lot of good qualities and talents within the academy systems in England. So we don't really need to look elsewhere. And Raheem, you just mentioned there, he was England's best player in the summer, the most successful tournament we've had since 66. Uh, but yeah, for some reason, maybe he doesn't get the credit he deserves either. Why do you think that is? And, and how good was he uh, for England uh, during the summer? Well, to put it straight and blunt, if Raheem wasn't playing, we most probably wouldn't have qualified. And that's, that's just the facts of the matter. He, he was the guy that stood up when it was counted. And I think he's a role model for a lot of kids on and off the pitch. Um, why he gets the, the grief he gets, I honestly can't put my finger on it. But for me, I've got so much respect for him. He just needs to keep doing what he's doing, let the football do all the talking personally. And another one I wanted to ask you about was Carl Walker, because there was a couple of games in the Euros where I thought that is the best I think I've ever seen him. And he's been incredibly consistent for City over the last couple of years. How good a right back is he and how important is he to Pep's team? I think he's massive, especially as when City have the ball, we're always susceptible to counter-attacks because that's basically how people play against us. And to have somebody like that with the maturity levels he's shown over, like you said, the last two years, it's incredible. And we were talking about him yesterday. Players get the ball, and even if they're past him, they're still scared of him. They know he's coming from behind. And it's almost like I was laughing about yesterday because... One of the camera views were on the player going towards the goal and you can just see Walker behind him. It's like he's hunting. It's like you can just hear him coming and he's so powerful and quick that if you don't cut across him, he's just going to catch you and move you out of the way and go away with the ball. So the maturity he's shown, especially there was a spell where he played centre-back as well. I think that helped his defensive position a lot more and he's just showing it. And he looks like he's going to be playing till he's 40, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was going to say about him, because he is in his 30s, but yet that pace, it's not going anywhere, is it? And he's quick over the first 10 yards, but he's also quick he gets after that. Yeah, he yeah. gets quicker. Um, for me, I think with the pace thing, I think if you're training every day and working on your leg muscles and doing what you're told to do, I don't think his pace will go anytime soon. I think his pace will only leave when he actually stops being that active every day. So for me, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing and stays fit, he'll be playing until like as long as Ronaldo, for me personally. And just one more on City. There's not a recognised striker um, who's come in to replace Aguero. Jack Grealish has come in. 
Do you think that leaves City a little bit light in that area, maybe? And do you think we can we can retain the title? I personally think we can definitely retain the title. It is going to be tough because everybody's strengthening their squads and Chelsea are looking very strong, especially with the Lukaku additive. Is they look very strong? But for me, um, I think the way City play, everybody talks about Haaland and. Harry Kane and players like that, they're fantastic players and of course they would do well if they came to City but the way City play and the amount of chances they create, do they actually need a striker of that stature? They just need a striker that knows where the goal is and knows how to put it in the back of the net because the striker is going to get two chances a game or more every game. He only needs to score one and that's it really and then City, because the other team has to come out then there will be more space anyway. So for me, it's not necessarily a big-name striker. I just personally think we need a striker out of score, and I think Ferran Torres at the minute can do that. So I don't see... I wouldn't necessarily say we're light, but it would be nice to have that back up. And maybe a good opportunity for a young player as well. Delap yeah. is one that I think they should just throw him in and give him a try, especially now while it's early. An interview with Sean Wright-Phillips there about his time at City and his enduring appeal with the City fans. Keep an eye out in the coming days for more interviews on the Man City podcast. And for those who haven't already, make sure you download the official Man City app. That's the best way of keeping across everything that's going on at the club. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Stay safe.